Welcome to Wrestling Goons Radio, the podcast from the IWC for the IWC. And this is Between the Sheets for April the 28th, 2016. May the 28th, excuse me. I'm a month behind on the time. That's because we don't do enough shows. We're going to have to get a hold of that. I want to welcome everybody. Thank you for listening to us on Max Sports Channel and Power Station FM. If you're online, you can catch us at wrestlinggoonsradio.blogspot.com. Find all of our social media, and while you're at it, find us on iTunes and Stitcher. We would greatly appreciate a like and a subscribe. I got Brian Compton and Dan Tanner with me today, and we have a whole lot to get into. And guys, welcome to the show. Let's start with something we should have covered long ago, because it's been a long time coming. Seth Rollins came back for a week now. The WWE brought him back to end the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, which I thought was a great ending to the show. And they left us not really knowing the direction they were going to go. And on Monday Night Raw, Seth Rollins made that clear when he started out with a great face promo with the crowd reacting to him. And then he quickly reminded all of them that they always called him a sellout. And that really flipped the crowd and that promo. It really feels like they're going to continue the dynamic here of Roman being the quote, end quote, face. And Rollins is going to play the heel. Dan, welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Do you think WWE got this right with Seth returning, or do you think it should have been the other way around? I'm okay with Seth returning the way that he did. It was a shocker. I didn't expect him to return at the pay-per-view, maybe on Raw or whatnot. But the thing is that, I mean, he got the, I guess, baby face, you know, pop or whatever. And when he came out on Monday Night Raw... And did his promo. I mean, he was like really, really like seemed like he was trying to get that good guy sort of like thank you everyone, but he kind of twisted around like, hey, guess what? I was a heel before, and I'm coming back as a heel, and you know, you guys just gonna have to deal with it. And I just like, love the way how you played with the crowd. Yeah, I thought it was genius the way you flipped, Brian. Do you think they got it right, or do you think maybe he shouldn't have been the face on that initial run? I loved it. I thought it was great because the way that sh- the crowd was reacting to when he came out, they didn't act that way when he was the champ. And, you know, I'm a stickler for storyline continuity, and this is storyline continuity at its best. It's not pandering to the crowd because this is what they wanted. It's giving you what you really wanted and was a good story. And, it pretty much blew the roof off the place when next thing you hear him say is, oh, you're cheering for me now? Well, you weren't cheering for me then. And as far as your fan letters and get well soon letters, I didn't even open them. I set them on fire. Yeah, I think we were all down with the promo until that happened. Because then I was like, wait a minute. I, I sent you that fan mail. And what about what about the New Day making that get well poster card with Seth Blind on the unicorn? He didn't open that? Yeah, that 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 was pretty great. It it took me back. I mean, uh, I was kind of shocked that he went there because I was expecting a return, a babyface return, like a lot of people were. And I don't necessarily feel him being a true heel as much as he'll be kind of like a Kevin Owens heel. It'd be like a tweener. Uh, is hey, everybody that- a tweener now? And is that where we're going? I don't think it's where we're going. I think that's just someone trying to figure out what they are when they shouldn't really figure it out. Roman, AJ, Kevin, now Seth. Like, it just seems like I'm here in the main event, you're a tweener. I have a really bad feeling they're trying to babyface AJ Styles, and I hate it. Not that he should be a heel, but... But they're giving him a little heel of tendencies. They are, but they're really trying to have to bring it out of him and... I don't know if that's really the best way to go because he's already become that person. We get to AJ here in a minute. We got the club coming I, up I, for sure. I think I think that um just want to say that I think it's a great idea that you continue on with Seth being a heel because if they're determined to have Roman as that top guy, that top face, you just got to stick to it because the moment you turn him heel just like that, it's like you're giving in to what the fans pretty much for telling you or what the fans want in a way. I agree with that, but here's what bothers bothers me. I don't mean to cut you off. I don't appreciate the fact that for like the dynamic of 2016 has been 
us wanting to boo the guy that they wanted to cheer, and I get your point that they shouldn't cave to the audience, but at the same time, you're making your end your show regularly with the crowd being like, what the hell? Because they don't want to cheer this guy, and you're making it cheer this guy. Well, there's no choice but to, like, boo him now because he just shoved in your face, and it's like, what else is there? I mean, you... I mean, it's going to be a great feud for the summer between the guy versus the man. Um, I don't know how it's going to turn out of money in the bank, but this is going to probably end at SummerSlam, maybe. And it should be a good one. It's going to be hard for Seth to get heel heat when you're attacking Roman Reigns. That's my point of the matter. I don't, I just, I don't like the dynamic of heel tweener versus tweener. It just bothers me. So. I would have done something a little different, but I understand Rollins is coming back for what is rightfully his. Uh, Brian, any final thoughts on Rollins? I'm curious to see the relationship grow between him and Stephanie McMahon because her attitude towards him has definitely changed. And I feel like this was the end result all along had he not suffered the injury. I think it just would have played out a lot differently with Triple H in him. So I'm curious as to see if this is going to be one of those those moments where he has to actually earn what he gets from now on. He still has the pedigree, so we'll keep that in mind as we go down the line. I still think that move uh, being given to him was never fully explained. And I think down the line they're going to have a problem with Triple H and him. So. Not, not to mention that's not the greatest move to have on this return of a knee injury. Pretty much, yeah, that's, that's a really good point. So, uh, WWE sent out emails and tweets, and they didn't really release it on television yet, but they're going to get ready to two new things that are coming up. Uh, we're going to have a brand split, and I'm assuming this is the reaction to how awful this co-storyline has been on Monday Night Raw of Shane and Stephanie Loving each other and being loving dummy, it was crap, and I hated it. And uh, I think they're going to do the brand split now. Maybe this is going to work the whole time. They have worked out a deal where USA Network is going to pick up SmackDown on Tuesday nights live. And it feels like we're going to get actual competition in the company for the first time in a while. I haven't heard any confirmation of how NXT will be used yet. Only rumors that maybe they can invade both shows, or else they could have drafts that, you know, involve NXT as, like, a third party that you can draft from. I'll go to Brian first. Brian, the draft thing, did you see it coming? Is it a good idea, and where do we go from here? As long as they don't do it like they did last time. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the draft the last time. I'm actually okay with the fact that they didn't advertise it as some sort of gimmick or storyline. Some people would disagree and say that it makes no sense. But why do you really have to have a means to making something better other than the fact that it makes it better? I mean, it's it's got people talking again and you know, it doesn't always have to be behind storylines just like wrestling. I, mean, I think the reason they're simple, you can look at the Monday Night Raw ratings for the last, you know, four or five months, and the SmackDown ratings that go with it, people aren't watching anymore. They don't, they don't care, and I think you got to find a reason for them to care again. Yeah, I agree, and this would, in my opinion, give them a reason, because we had talked about this on past podcasts, that was hard to say a little bit. But we talked about how different storylines for different shows would make for a greater audience, make for a fresher storyline, less injuries. You know, we wouldn't see the same people on the same shows every time. I mean, and that's what people are asking for. They're asking for, you know, for one, SmackDown to be live. I mean, that's going to make it at least watchable it's going to bring some legitimacy back to it because it's not going to be a rewash of money not raw yeah you're not going to get the same matches you got a raw i mean it's stupid i mean you wouldn't go and watch game of thrones on monday night or whatever time it comes on and then the very next night 
your new episode is basically just a condensed version of the one you saw the night before. Dan, how do you feel about the brand split? Are you for this? Do you think it's a good thing? All right. So I'm not the biggest fan of the whole brand split because, first of all, we've seen this before countless times, it seems like, in the past. They split up. They do the whole draft. They split the belt. And then, you know, they say, you know what? We're not going to do the whole brand split. Everybody be on the same show, you know, both shows or whatever. We're going to combine the title. And it happens. But the fact is, I can understand this because their roster is so deep now that you have no choice but to, like, split up the talents. However, I don't know how that's going to go when you're, like, watching three hours of Raw on Monday night and then you have to dedicate yourself to two hours the next night and even though it's going to be live it's going to be new or whatnot i i don't know i more so wish it stayed on thursday nights compared to tuesday nights but if it's live so be it and if they you know split the titles so be it i'm cool with that i think that was going to be my next question when do you have a problem with it being right after monday uh brian how about you because i don't i think it's actually a good thing that they're going live and they always assault him by intelligence by acting like that it was Thursday night when we all know that it was Tuesday night that they were taking the show. Yeah, I completely agree. That pissed me off. I mean, I'm not 10 years old. You're not going to sell me on the fact that it's, you know, on Thursday when I know it's night and your own website is posting stuff on Wednesday morning about who won and what happened. So I... I like the idea that it's on Tuesday, and the reason why, you know, someone pointed out on social media that the reason why it makes sense to have it on Mondays and Tuesdays is because you're going to be, you know, working all the rest of the week. You're going to be doing social stuff, you know, social activities on the weekend. You know, you're not going to worry about missing your wrestling show on the weekends. You're going to go out and have fun, do whatever you want to. So it makes sense. I just... I'm afraid that three hours of Raw plus an hour of SmackDown is going to be too much. Two hours, so there are five hours. Two hours hours of SmackDown. And then you're forgetting a Wednesday, the very next night, you have an hour of NXT. So there's six hours of WWE programming that you're going to dedicate yourself to. But the fact is, it's like Brian said, you're going to be able to get all your WWE out of the way by Wednesday. So, yeah, it's a lot at one time, and you're going to have a big break in between them. But, okay, so let's say they're in a city. Let's just say Raw is in Atlanta. So where would SmackDown be on a Tuesday night? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming right down the road. Like, they're not going to go too far. It but they be in already the same arena. don't. Like, that's how the they do it arena, already. Though. That's the like, thing. Is they're not changing anything on SmackDown as far as where they're going to be or what have you. All they're, all they're changing is... Instead of airing it on Thursday, they're going to air it live. I mean, they already have all the cameras and stuff there. They're just going to air it live instead of tape delay. But the thing is, is that it gives you a chance. If you're, like, you know, recording it on Tuesday and airing it on Thursday, it gives you some time to, like, edit whatever happens Yeah, out. but it also takes away from that live factor. Like Bronson, you, you really wanted to. All right, for me, um, I go to a website... And I watch SmackDown because in England, it shows on Wednesday. So by Thursday morning, this website has SmackDown already uploaded. I watch SmackDown Thursday morning without commercials. So while you're all waiting at 8 o'clock for SmackDown to come on, the few people that actually watch it, I've already seen it. Now, this takes away from that. Now, I'm not going to be able to do that. And if I do, it's going to be because I missed the live taping. I think going live is so much better to me. And uh, guys, so, do you think is Shane running uh, SmackDown or was Stephanie? I would say Stephanie would have to run SmackDown because right now the hot person right now is Shane, and you want to keep on the hottest show. So right now, Raw is hotter. Then um, SmackDown is, and you know what? She could probably run SmackDown with Triple H. Who knows? I would actually do it in the other way because it would actually would make too. the WrestleMania storyline make sense. They said Shane wouldn't get Raw. They never said he wouldn't get SmackDown. Thank you. That would make perfect sense. And to add to that, 
you have Stephanie McMahon who was acting all buddy buddy with Shane and basically saying, you know, let's do what you're doing. We could just make it a little better. He'll say, let's do what you're doing. Let's just add this to it. There's no difference, guys, if she runs Raw than if he does at this point. And this, so is, re- this is exactly what Vince wanted in his promo when he said, I want you to rip each other apart. They're actually going to have real-life family competition. This ain't no bull. They're going to have Shane on one creative team. They're going to have Stephanie on another creative team, and they're going to see who gets the better rating. I, I think this is a genius concept. So you think Shane McMahon, or is he, like, part of the creative team now? He will be. Whatever they do in the brand split, he's going to run the ship or whatever show he's on. I mean, legitimately, not just, you know, script-wise. Yeah. I don't he know. To, with, he needs to be on there with Paul Heyman. I mean, I know. Yeah, because Stephanie sure won't. They're not seeing how to work Paul. Um, so where does that leave Triple H then? NXT. So he just completely runs NXT. No. Well, that's what he does already. Well, well, yeah, I'm just saying no. T- well, he's going to have to be on TV eventually because he's going to be a performer for at least the next three years. So he's going to have to make some sort of appearance. Yeah, he will. I mean, he'll always, he's going to be a part of the main thing somehow. I think eventually it's going to lead to him fighting Shane. But the good thing about this from what I've read is they're going to make the main four pay-per-views still mean both brands. So, um, you know, you're still going to get cross-promotional matches, and they're going to make the big shows feel like big shows. And those uh, smaller shows are going to be dedicated to Raw getting one and SmackDown getting one. I like that concept. And so the fact that you're going back to an eight-week booking instead of a four-week booking, things aren't going to feel so rushed anymore. Because you got two pay-per-views in between to pull your stuff off. I actually like that because, I mean, I know sometimes it can be overwhelming when you're, like, watching how a story develops into a four-week um, between the show and, well, between the end of one pay-per-view and the next pay-per-view. But if I have to wait two months or something, then it's going to be like, this is, like, tiring. Why don't they just finish this feud off right here, right now? Not really. But you have, you're not seeing it twice a week. You're only seeing it once a week. Well, we're going to see it regardless. Even, like, after pay-per-view, the, the Monday night afterwards, we're going to probably see a rematch. So it pretty, pretty much doesn't really, really matter at all. Ron, do you agree or disagree before we move on? That we would just see the same thing on SmackDown as we saw on Raw? No, no, no. Then you would end in the eight-week book instead of four weeks. That because you're only having one show instead of two, you're still going to get the same amount of fluff. I don't see how unless you just really suck at booking. I agree, yeah. I mean, it's going to be so spread out that you have no choice but to slow down the pace and actually throw some, I don't know, psychology into it. You have longer to tell a story. Like, the way they're doing it now in the four-week process, you don't have time to add any outside elements. All you can do is add the bullet points and be like, okay, we would like to take the club, for instance. For one week, they're bunny-bunny. The very next week, well, we got the breakup coming in three weeks, so we got to start adding strife in. Everything just felt so point A, point B, point C, point D. Well, well, that's the bad thing about how they booked the club, because they they already knew that the club was going to break up, that they went ahead and put strife into the, the club from the very beginning by making AJ seem like, oh, well, do I want to use the chair? Do I not want to use the chair? Do I want their help, or do I not want their... You had no problem in New Japan. Yeah, Sorry, Mark. Sure. Sorry, Mark, but it happened in New Japan. It happened. And it, it, WWE doesn't acknowledge Sorry, it, but Mark. it happened. So you had no choice back then. Hell, you had no choice back in TNA. So you're that guy. So yeah. you guys, are you ready for Memorial Day? You ready for John Cena? Uh, yeah. I mean, they've only been telling us for six weeks now that John Cena's coming back, so... I can't uh, wait for him they, to come back. <laughs> they were hyping his return as soon as he left. I mean, they really were. <laughs> they really were. They're like, by the way, folks, I'm seeing his training. Just like, you know, he's training. So, WWE.com had the poll out about what would John Cena do on Monday Night Raw and his return. The four choices are he will go after Rusev. He will be entered in money in the bank. He will challenge Rusev. 
or he will propose to Nikki Bella, which surprisingly is winning right now. Brian, which one is possible? The most likely one is he gets entered into Money in the Bank, but I'm curious as to who his opponent's going to be. Well, I mean, he's entered in Money in the Bank. I mean, his opponent's going to be nobody who ever won the match, right? Well, I mean, it's in terms of whoever he has to win to get into the match. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, that Alberto Del Rio. Well, see, Alberto Del Rio's already won. He's already in the Money in the Bank. Oh, well, maybe he can challenge Alberto over his spot. I, I figured he would face Jack Swagger. Oh, that'd be awful. But... Everybody's I favorite mean, jobber. I mean, his, his PBR stunt didn't prove that he was American, so why not put over the most American, American, Jack Swagger? Yeah, let everybody know about the PBR thing. So, John Cena, who we all know is in control of his designs on his t-shirts so he comes out with this great idea to basically rip off the pbr logo and it's a blatant ripoff but it's funny nonetheless and he has hustle loyalty and respect where the Pabst blue ribbon logo is it's great and a little figure of himself behind the logo there you go john way to represent yourself with an alcoholic beverage just let the whole world know you're an alcoholic uh, Dan, what do you think John can be doing, and uh, where do you see him going? Okay, most likely he's going to put his name into the uh, Money in the Bank qualifying match or whatever. But what would be more interesting would be if he were to feud with AJ Styles in the club or whatever. Just to twist things up, because something needs to happen with them. Because the whole thing, hyping up the club and... AJ Styles. It just came to a low... Didn't we just go over the fact that if they fought Roman Reigns, they were getting buried? Why the hell would you put them against John Cena? I mean, if you thought Why they not? got buried by Roman Reigns and the Usos, come on, Us. John Cena get, would put them 16 under. I mean, why not? AJ Styles versus, you know, John Cena. I just told you why not. I mean, they two phenomenal, you know, faces of one company and, you know... No, no, we have one phenomenal one, and we have John Cena. We ain't got to worry about the club being involved, because they're broke up now, so they're not together. But did we, I mean, are they really broke up, or? They're broke John, up. He told them to get out of my ring, and I was John shocked. John Cena. I was shocked they didn't leave him laying right there when he said that. Okay, John why not? John Cena's going to be the third man. Oh, well, that would make me hurl. I would love that, but no, why not? That would ruin the Bullet Club. Why not? Have it like the club versus AJ Styles and John Cena in a tag team match, and John Cena turns on AJ Styles. I mean, uh... okay, how about this? This is a better theory, it would make more sense. So, John Cena comes out and he gets confronted by the club or the good brothers or whatever the hell you want to call them at this point, the jobbers, and they go to beat him up, and he starts burying them, Triple H style. And out comes Kevin Owens. You hear me out. So there have been promos shot in the past of ROH with Kevin Owens, the Young Bucks, and their newest member, Adam Cole. So it's possible, you know, just well, saying. I mean, they, have, they all have their history. best friend. I mean, they are best friends. I mean, and... You know, for good reason. I mean, I think they have a bunch of. Together. Don't they have a lot of bucks up in Canada? Yeah, I mean, that's true. They do. They have a lot of mooses, too. I'm just saying. Um, do they drink PBR up there? Or do yeah, they drink I'm something sure they else? Do. I'm sure. Usually, poor rednecks drink PBR, but. <laughs> speaking of that uh, moose reference, guys, uh, I'd like to see him get a WWE tryout. Because. <laughs> Moose is the real deal. Have you ever seen Moose, Ben? Moose is oh. awesome. Oh, yeah. Moose is great. He was a former Atlanta Falcon offensive lineman, 350 pounds at one point, and now he has slimmed down to no percent body fat and 285 pounds of chiseled, unbelievable man. It's, I, my ass, he's 0%. Hey, that dude is not fat at all. 
And my ass has no hair on it. What are you talking about? I've seen Moose. Unless he's trimmed down since what? What was it? New? Was it uh, Kingdom? Wrestle Kingdom 10 that I saw him last? Well, I don't know. We're going to have to go. You know, we'll have to let the fans see. I think Moose. Because I saw him as a really, really fat lineman. So, to me, he's not fat anymore. So. Okay, he, he may not be fat anymore, but he may have exaggerated to zero percent. Maybe I did. Maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it though and see. Anyway, Moose is who I want to see next in WWE. Pronounce his last name for me. Ojanaka. Okay. Yeah, see, I, I I'm too big of a fan. Uh, see, I, I, if you would have told me that, I would say, oh, that's a new guy from Japan or something, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, him and he does work over there a good bit, so. Oh, they love him over there, man. They sure do. Oh, yeah. Because they can do the hand thing, I suppose. Best, best drop kick in the business. It really is. Well, Okada would have a lot to say about that, but uh, it's pretty awesome, though. So, WWE's been releasing a lot of cryptic tweets the last two weeks, and only two weeks. It's only been one apiece, and it's about a machete at a house with a guy that simply says Hatch. And extracting on 5-30-2016. Just so happens to be the night that John Cena is returning. And with this dark, cryptic meaning behind it, I feel like it could only mean the Wyatt family. Brian, could it mean anything else other than the Wyatts? And you have a thought as to a new Wyatt female that it could possibly be. Absolutely, and I have done my research while we were doing this podcast because I'm dedicated. And I've found the tweet, and I've found the person who sent out the tweet and who the possible member will be. Now, the theory on the hatch would be that, you know, I know Dan had mentioned earlier that there's a tweet from Bray Wyatt sent out earlier about the woman, the shadowy woman figure in the woods. Now, it's possible it could be Sister Abigail, and the hatch means that, you know, hatching, reborn. And there was also a tweet sent back last year from a female wrestler by the name of Santana Garrett. Santana Garrett sent out the tweet with the hashtag wake up, saying that she was ready to be reborn. And it was very similar to the style vignettes of Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family. So that's my theory as to what's going to happen. It may not be her, but I'm hoping that we get a Sister Abigail debut on Monday. I would rather be her just because I want her to be a worker whenever Sister Abigail is. But I, man, I hope that's what it is so much. I can't see it being anything else. Because um, if you're trying to make another dark cryptic character to rival the Wyatts, then I, I really underestimating what the Wyatts are, in my opinion. So, the Wyatts needing something, I, I hope this is a way to go back to the old school vignettes, as I keep saying on this show, every single week when we talk about the Wyatts, I want the compound vignettes again. I want them to be something outside of the ring. Like, they don't... What they do in the ring should be secondary. You know, what the story of the Wyatt family is. Dan, you've had a problem with how the Wyatts have been booked probably more than any of us on this show. Are you hoping that this is the Wyatts and something different is done with them? Uh, you know it. Um, I was a fan of the Wyatts early on until they just started taking some losses pretty bad. But um, this could be the Wyatt. It could be. It could be we could see a Sister Abigail. Who knows? I like to say that I wouldn't mind seeing Sarah Lee be Sister Abigail. There's a little, you know, shocking twist or something. Um, it would be really stupid if we seen, like, the return of Kane or something. I want Melina. So, Dan, do you think that these tweets are related? It could be. Um, one of the... Which one was it? One of the tweets that had looked like a house or some sort of compound that said keep out or something like that kind of reminded me of the wise compound. So yeah, yeah, that's it, where it, I it, and we're more than likely going to see the white show up on um, Monday night raw. 
because Bray Wyatt's been tweeting about returning and this and that and all this other stuff. And it's like, what else could it be? I mean, also, I thought maybe they could do be working on a new um, title or something. Who knows? I don't know. I thought it was going to be some new WWE films. I was like, man, please help me make another crappy movie. Really? The, boog- the Boogeyman's returning. Oh, that would yeah. I just hope it ain't the Goobly Gobbler. You know, his son having another egg. That would be awful. I'm not going to lie. I did think about that for just a second. I did think about that. I was like, oh, man, they're going to troll us once again. And I they realized that. that was like the worst thing they've ever come up with ever, ever. And they've come up with a lot of bad stuff. So, wow. Um, a guy that recently left the company, Stardust, was among the recent releases. Cody Rhodes, whatever you want to call him. I'm still going to call him Stardust because I love it. Um, he let out a one heartfelt message through his wife's uh, thing. And then he hasn't really said much about it. He's moved on with his life. Um, sent out a very interesting tweet with a checklist. A wrestler that he's hoping to wrestle, Adam Cole was on it, and a few other big, big indie names. Looks like he's going to be taking the indie tour, which I think is best for him. Eden is also gone, which makes me sad. Um, I'm not going to get to look at her every week in the ring. Uh, Dan, uh, what do you think about Stardust? Do you think he's going to do better now out on the road? I mean, he'll actually be wrestling finally. Of course he's going to do better because he's no longer Stardust. He's Cody Rose. He's who he is. He's a real wrestler. He's a great wrestler. Um, I don't think they should have let him go. But, I mean, they weren't going going to do anything with his character anyways. But with the list that he named, it seems like Cody Rose is going to be like an indie legend because I don't know... You know, maybe he might get signed to Ring of Honor. Maybe he might go over there to Japan. Who knows? But um, I'm excited for his future. You know, I'm excited, you know, he gets to do what he wants to do or, you know, be in a position where he could probably be the top guy in whatever indies he's going to be in. So, you know, more power to is when you leave WWE, you're not trying to lock yourself down to one company. Like, they're enjoying the freedom of being able to go anywhere they want, and they're getting big paydays everywhere they go. So I don't think that they're trying to sign on to one specific indie company. Um, even the Global West wrestlers, like they're all subcontracting to other companies as well. But do you think there's a chance that he could sign with TNA? No. Zero chance? No. Zero. No, because then he'd be locked into a contract with TNA. He wouldn't do that. Not only that, that would be kind of awkward, seeing as they have a working relationship with Evolve. Yeah, so you're still kind of working with the company, working with WWE. Yeah, I don't think that would work. Uh, uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on Cody working the indie scene? Is that going to be best for his career? i say it's best for his career. Um, honestly, this doesn't mean that he's done with WWE. I mean, not necessarily. But it it's one of those things that it's probably going to do better for him to be on the indie circuit. I mean, he's he seems like he really wants to follow in his father's footsteps and you know fulfill his legacy and keep it alive. I mean, what better way to do it than to really follow in your father's footsteps and take over the ind- independent scene? I mean, I think he could do it. I think my biggest disappointment on the, all this was the Monday that Stardust walked out. Goldust walked out with him, and Goldust hasn't been back. And what this does is really throw R-Truth, Fandango, and Tyler Breeze out of the mix here, which is really disappointing because they all haven't had TV time, and this storyline really felt like it was going somewhere to me. Did it? I did. I liked it. I actually thought that it was good comedy. I, I was entertained by all of their segments every single week. I liked the little selfie stick about our truth and the whole luring each other in to me your tag partner it was it was good team to me i was just upset that uh tyler breeze and fandango didn't call themselves for breeze ah, that would have been amazing. then uh your final thoughts on uh this whole shindig with goldust all right so with goldust i don't think it's going to really hurt him i don't think they're going to punish him 
Because the crowd likes Goldust. The crowd but likes. He had to come back. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's gonna make him like get suspended or, you know, he's gonna lose his job or anything because the fans like him. He and, hasn't come back. What do you mean he hasn't come back? He left and he hasn't come back. Maybe it wasn't time for him to come back yet. I mean, we'll have to see Monday Night Raw. We'll see. I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah, and they continue to mute them so bad, but I think he's could be done with the company, actually. But the funny, the funny thing is, is, since we were talking about the list, that on Twitter we see that Wade Barrett put his list down, and he has only one check, and it's Papa Shango. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, God, get them boots laced up, Godfather. One more time. The Wayne Barrett tour. Uh, Brian, you got any final thoughts that you want to touch on anything we haven't touched on? Um, unless I completely missed it. Have we talked about the the club splitting up and where they're going to go? We talked about it uh, briefly in the earlier segment. We can talk about it a little more. What do you think the fallout is going to be? And do you think that Ben Balor is going to be part of it? I mean, at this point, it, I don't know. I'm not putting too much effort into wishing about that. So if it happens, it happens. But he's so much of a troll right now that it's kind of annoying. It's really making me sick, dude. <laughs> he's been trolling us for like six weeks now. Yeah, he really has. I mean, I'm at that point now where it's not it's not exciting to me. Like, okay, I'll mark out probably a little bit because... It's the original Bullet Club, but they've taken all the surprise out of it if it does happen now. I don't feel like he needs him. He's just that much bigger than a back to be. Yeah, but it's just you're you're taking the allure out of it for me personally because you're kind of shoving it in her face. Like, okay, you're either going to come up or you're not, or you're going to be a part of them when you do come up or you're not. I mean, it's whatever. Makes sense to me. Dan, what about you? Okay, so I'm with Brian on this, too. Um, he has been trolling us for the past, what, six months, it seems like. Uh, whether he's going to be on the main roster or not. I don't think he's going to be in the main roster just yet until he does his match with uh, Samoa Joe. But as far as with the club, he doesn't really need the club because, like you say, Anthony, he's much bigger than that. But when you have something called the Baylor Club t-shirt, you have to make something happen out of it. You know, it's eventually going to happen one way or another. I think that's why they only called them the club in the beginning because they knew that it was going to eventually turn into Baylor Club. So, I just I feel like they've done a sloppy job. Oh, yeah, it's been terrible. Like, I mean, the sloppy. only thing they can save Anderson and Yellow at this point is Ben Balor because they have just murdered Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows. So, they, it's official that they're buried, right? Oh, yeah. They were buried the moment they put them in a pure Roman Reigns. Like, it was done. They were buried the moment they couldn't easily defeat the freaking Usos. Who they took out the week before. Like, really. So is AJ Styles uh, buried, too? Yeah, AJ Styles on the road to it. And they put him in a pure with... You want him to be John Cena like this. That would be even worse for AJ Styles. Just get one win. Just get one win off of John Cena. That's okay. What did they do for Kevin Owens? What did it mean? What about Kevin Owens? He lost the next four times. Kevin Owens' debut, he beat John Cena. Then he lost like four times. But he got the title. Like, and he lost more. it, and he got it, and he lost it, and he got it, and he lost it again. Kevin Owens is that guy they go to like when they're in a pinch. Like if Kevin Owens doesn't win this damn money in the bank. He's not. John Cena, sir. You need to shut your mouth. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's not the comeback. It, it looks that way, but... You know my... why? Because this is going to be his way of saying, screw you, IWC. Everybody knows you don't want me to get number 16. I'm going to have this briefcase and make you keep wondering when I'm using it. Well, if they split the titles, I mean, he's going to have a greater chance of getting 16 one way or another. Now, if you do money in the bank, can you cash in on either champion? You should be able to. Didn't they haven't they had this before? I think they so, have, but did they only have one money in the bank? They had two before. 
I think they Man. had it where you can decide. No, I don't know. No, they had two matches. They had a SmackDown Money in the Bank and a Raw Money in the Bank. You're right, because there was a time where if you won the Royal Rumble, you can face whoever you want to at WrestleMania. Right, that was but is the brand split going to happen before or after Money in the Bank? Probably. Uh, before. Before? Yeah. The brand split is on. No, it's after. I'm sorry. The brand split is July the 18th. So then there's going to be possibly two champions after Money in the Bank. So the contract's for the current champion. I think that they're going to define the SmackDown champion on SmackDown. Like that live tape and they'll be like, that'll be the main event where the winner gets the heavyweight championship. That'll so, be. So are we going to get Roman and Seth as champions? Probably. And I, does anybody think that they're going to bring back the big gold? You know what? I wouldn't, though, because I can't set the Roman on the same show. And I, okay, I'm biased, whatever. I would let Kevin Owens be the face of SmackDown. And, I, and I'm totally okay with that. You keep the Shield members on Raw, that's money. Put put Owens going head-to-head against Shane McMahon on SmackDown, that's a freaking feud, man. It really is. Oh, Hank, I mean, Stephanie and uh, Triple H just hit, man. Been genius. Why not have Cesaro be a champion just once? He's going to be the guy that goes back and forth with Kevin. Let him look, look at this. You you have uh, go ahead you can. You. I know I just want him to win like some you know I see that they're pushing him in the right direction but I think he'll be on SmackDown and I think he'll be a major player on SmackDown. He should be the champion by now. Like I think he's my favorite to win Money in the Bank. If it's not John Cena, who might be the obvious person to win it, then it's um, Cesaro. My least favorite to win it is Kevin Owens. I would have a risk of dropping the U.S. title. It would be to Cesaro. Like, I think that'd be a great match, and I'd have no problem with Cesaro being Rusev. But he's feuding with, I think he's going to feud with uh, Titus O'Neil. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, Wait, who's feuding with Titus? Rusev. Uh. Yeah, that was my thought there when I heard it. I was like, well, Titus is back. Uh, they're really rewarding him for uh, being a good boy. So, uh, Dan, you got any final thoughts? Final thoughts. I don't care. Well, you know what? I do care about the return of John Cena because it's been boring without him, believe it or not. And I can continue on hating him because I really don't have no one to hate on currently right now. You don't now. hate Roman Reigns? Not as much as anybody else. A certain person might hate him. Yeah, not me. But, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with him. I don't hate Roman yeah. at all. I, I'm okay. I mean... I'm at that point now where he's that character that I'm okay with. He's yeah, off the mic. Yeah, I think mic. the crowd hates him so much that it's made me like him. Right. Yeah, and and I kind of get that. I really do. It's that reverse psychology kind of crap. Like, okay, well, y'all hate him so much. I get kind of an enjoyment out of these people hating him so much that now I've turned all my hatred to, well, to the IWC. Well, because what they're saying is just <laughs> not right. Like, the fact that you're cheating, you can't wrestle on a guy that is clearly proven that he can, like, you're just being stupid at this point. Pretty much. I mean, he, he's pretty much has more wrestling ability in his finger right now than the majority of that crowd combined. So. Well, yeah, because he's a professional. So, they, also, they ruined that match. I mean, they, they, they really they, did. They, they tried to. I didn't let them, but they tried. Um, I want to say kudos to WWE for clearing, I guess... Enzo Amore and Sasha Banks. Now they can compete, and we need to see Sasha on TV because I miss her. Actually, I miss her more on TV than I do John Cena. They're saving her for a long-term build. That's another thing. I can't stand to see two women wrestling in the middle of the ring that aren't Sasha Banks and to have a damn We Want Sasha chant. Yeah, it is pretty annoying. That's so disrespectful. You don't have her. Sorry. Or like. Okay, okay. I we can Lana I, chance and she's freaking out there. <laughs> yeah, Lana's there. Like, what do you say? She's here. Like, you got her. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, so, like, I begin to not like how disrespectful the crowd is, but if it's a CM Punk, CM Punk chant or we want Sasha Banks chant, I'm okay with it. No, no, they control Vince the whole they want because I love when he gets trolled. <laughs> But I mean, come on, let's get real. Why? Why did Natty really get a push like that? Like Natty deserved people? it. Come on. 
2010, she hadn't had the belt since. Okay, so who She's else? She's the best that? female worker in the company. The next person who deserves it is probably is uh well whose name isn't Sasha is probably Naomi because she's been there yeah, for a like, while. When are you gonna get over that? We had this debate like every few months with you. When are you gonna get over the concept that you don't have to earn a title or deserve it? It's just storyline purposes. Because the storyline oh, okay. purposes have to make sense. Next thing we know, we're gonna see Sasha Banks win the title and then she's gonna feud with Eva Marie for six months. Hey Dan. Yeah. Wrestling is scripted. It's not real. It's, it's real. not real. It's not it's, real, bro. It's real to me. It's real to Dan, damn it. Oh, real to me. God. We need Sasha Banks on TV, and we need our Sasha Banks right now. Better yet, let Sasha Banks be the seventh person to money. Damn, calm down. Wait, wait, whoa. You're going to put her in Money in the Bank? Wait, whoa. Wait, wait. Are we, a- are we doing a women's Money in the Bank? Is that what no. we're talking about? No, I think he has her winning Money in the Bank by herself. So yeah. it's not going to be John Cena? No, we're going to have Sasha Banks in Money in the Bank, and she's going to win it. She's going to cash in on Roman Reigns? Yep. Wow. All right, well, Dan is going to make Sasha Banks her first ever undefeated champion. And let me be the first to say this is the most stupidest thing I ever said on this show. It really is up there. Pretty up well, there. Yeah. Well, short of saying that uh, Zack Ryder is the best Intercontinental Champion ever, I'm not going to let that go, sir. Top 10. Uh, the fact that you put him in the top ten. Yeah, no, like I still can't even say. Yeah, no. So, oh god. So we got Monday Night Raw coming up. And uh, any final thoughts on where we're going with that, Brian? Uh, we got how many more weeks? Two until the next pay per view. You okay with this three week pay per view stuff? Like we thought we were doing good with the four week book, and now we're down to three. I'm actually not okay with it. I mean. I would rather just have it more spaced out because I, I'm getting to that point now, and I've said this before on our show that you know I try and get hyped up with the pay-per-views and I try and get excited and I try and make them all feel like big pay-per-views when they're not, you know. And it's one of those things like you get excited for it and you're like, okay, cool, it's a big pay-per-view, and then a letdown. So then you've kind of got this idea in your head that there's only four big pay-per-views. Then it makes you wonder why the hell are we having all these other pay-per-views if there's really only four decent pay-per-views a year? What's the point? Yeah, I'm all, I, I agree, and I especially hate the three-week format, and uh, I'm hoping that with this brand split, we're going to get, you know, make each pay-per-view matter a little more with the simple fact that you're not going to get Raw and SmackDown on every single pay-per-view. And that's not oh. number gonna be dedicated to each other. So And by the way, so anybody is not, you know, waiting for the John Cena debut of his new PBR uh logo shirt, PBR has sent them a tweet saying that they've sent WWE a cease and desist letter. So can't hey. wear it. Nope, sorry. That not that shirt will not be for sale, so Dan, Monday Night Raw, where are we going? Well, of course, they're going to continue the Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins feud. Um, I expect some good promos on both uh, people. John Cena, I don't know what he's going to say or who's going to beat him up to piss him off. Uh, I really don't know what the, where they're going to go with Monday Night Raw. Hopefully, it'll be entertaining. Hopefully, I can stay up for the whole three hours because it's like, that first hour, I get hyped. I'm like, okay. Then that second hour, I'm like, yeah, okay. And that third hour come, I'm struggling. To, I like, hope they're not up. saving hats for 11.05. Or I'll be oh, real God. disappointed. So I have a question. So with – now, you, your theory is that they're going to continue this Roman Reigns-Seth Rollins feud storyline, and that makes sense. So speaking logically, that would mean that AJ Styles would be bumped out of the title scene. Yeah. Naturally, does that give the indication that he's going to be sent to SmackDown? I feel like he's going to, well, yeah, I think he'll be there eventually. But what I think until then is that he's going to just have regular matches and Anderson and Gallows are going to be there to ruin it for him. That's just what I think they're going to do for a while. You think they're going to feed him jobbers? Uh, maybe not so much jobbers, but they can just have him in like great matches. But they're like, tonight, one on one, AJ Styles and Cesaro. And. It'll be a great match for like 15 minutes. The club will come out. 
distract AJ and Cesaro and get the win, and AJ will get the loss, and it'll help Cesaro, and that'll be how they're doing it, where the losses will hurt AJ, because it's all about him losing because of the club interrupting him. Would you split the club up in the draft? No, no, I'd keep Anderson and Gallows together, but... Well, no, but keep them from AJ. Yeah, yeah, I would. I'd, I'd keep them on Raw. So, would you have the club go for the title? Go after um, New Day? Yeah. Yeah, I think they should definitely be the tag team champion at some point. And um, since we're on a roll here, I mean, would you would you give two different tag team titles? Yeah, yeah, I think you'd have to, right? I mean, they're going to have tag teams on both shows. I mean, is there enough tag teams to go around to, like, have two it, titles? Yeah, there's, we're at a point where there's really not. Tag teams. Come on, there are. Yeah, no, but I'm, not on the main roster, though. They're coming, though. They're not coming soon enough. We'll see. I don't know. I just want to I see Blake see, and Murphy. I, I can see them only having one tag titles, but I'm off for two as well. So, I want to bring, you know, if it were to me, I'd bring back the European title, oh, TV no. title. I'd oh, bring back no. everything. Hardcore oh, title, 24-7 to finish. Yeah, I'd bring them back. I'd bring the them all. In, we need more the, titles. The internet title. Okay, now I, that, that needs to be retired. So. The IWC title? Uh, who, who was held by the greatest internet champion of all time. Okay, the only. Thank God for that. And, uh, boy, what we need an IWC belt. That would be incredible. So, we need to get on that. Zack uh, Ryder was your IWC champion. No, he, he really wasn't. So. No, he was in shape. So, well, that'll do it for this week's edition of Between the Sheets. I can't believe I said April to start the show. We are definitely in May. That really makes me lose track of what month I'm in. So, I want to thank everybody listening to us on Max Sports Channel at Power Station FM. You can catch us online at wrestlinggoodsradio.blogspot.com. Find all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google+, and find us on, on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a like and subscribe. We would greatly appreciate it. I'm the host, Anthony Hammett, and for Dan Tanner and for Brian Compton, we are Wrestling Goods Radio, the podcast from the IWC for the IWC, and we will see you. We'll see you.